Welcome to Up an Octave, a podcast by Sonivia. I'm your host, Ruth Spence, founder of Sonivia, the podcast management agency that helps women and non-binary people take up space in podcasting. Up an Octave is here to support you in your podcasting journey, from how to market yourself, how to sound great, how to edit for your specific voice, and how to make your podcast feel like magic. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get into it. For this past the mic episode, I chat with JJ Flazanes, the host of multiple long-running, high-ranking podcasts. She and I talk about what it's like to have a podcasting empire and how she manages to keep all of her podcasts thriving. You can find information about where to find JJ in the show notes. All right, JJ, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Ru. Awesome. So you are like a podcasting hero at this point because you have a network with over a dozen shows. You've been at it since 2016. Is that right? No, 2014. 2014. Okay. So you've been at it almost a decade. What was that like for you getting started almost a decade ago? Well, I'd started out as a personal trainer who also dealt with spirituality and emotional processing. And the things I was learning, law of attraction, the things I was learning and implementing in my own life, I'd want to share with my clients, but my clients weren't really open to it. I mean, they listened to it because I forced it down their throat, but it wasn't um, big. And they were seeing the results in my life from the application of everything I was learning, but they were really with me for health and wellness and weight loss and longevity and aging. And even though I provided a lot of information and I was a part of a, like a doctor and nutritionist let's say, of a wellness center. So, you know, we talked about other forms of wellness. I really, really, really wanted to share the more personal stuff because to me, it's all connected and it always has been and it always will be. I was looking for an outlet. I remember feeling, I guess, creatively constipated. I had a lot of things to share. By that point, I had written two books and I didn't really want to write a blog. I am, I have a lot of fire signs in my chart. I'm a Pisces, but got a lot of sag. So my my cadence, my speed, I'm very fast. I'm a fast talker. I'm a fast thinker. I can also turn off and shut down. It's not that it's anxiety driven, it's passion driven. So for me, blogging was going to be like sticking a needle in my eye uh, because the the process of writing while I have written three books now and I'm working on my fourth, when I'm focused on it like that is different than when I want to share a concept. So I had been looking for like, I even told somebody that I felt like a backed up hose like I had so much water and creativity wanting to spew out of me, but I didn't know where to put it. And I was at a writer's workshop in March of 2014. And I was actually looking at working on the next book, which would have been, I think, I don't know if it was the third or fourth by that point. And I, I came prepared to just be open to whatever was going to happen. And I walked out with a podcast. So, and the podcast was based on the second book or the first book, depending on how we look at it called Fit to Love, How to Get Physically, Emotionally, and Spiritually Fit to Attract the Love of Your Life. That was the book. And I decided that podcasting sounded like like the best thing. I could do video. I could do audio. I could do multiple subject matters. And so I started out with a six-day-a-week show. And I used alliteration to sort of make it you know, fun. 
I was Movement Mondays and Tasty Tuesdays, and those were both videos. And there were three camera HD photo shoots that we would do all day long, and I would gather a bunch of content. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Wednesday was Wellness Wednesday, and then Thoughtful Thursday, and then Freedom Fridays, and Sexy Saturdays. Freedom Fridays was my day. Freedom Fridays was like my guilty pleasure. I got to talk about whatever I wanted to talk about under the umbrella of spirituality, law of attraction, intuition meditation, psychic abilities, all the things under Freedom Friday. And so I did that for almost two years. It was about 18 months and 350 episodes later, my intuition said, they can't find you. Like, I mean, I was doing well. I didn't, I had people listening to the show. I was, people were buying some things, maybe my books and maybe signing up for some consultations. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't crickets, but I didn't start my show with the intention to make money with it. When I had met a podcaster at that writer's event, he was on the stage and he was talking to everybody and he talked about his podcasting journey. And he talked about how he did it every day, five days a week for two years and he made no money. Now, this was back, obviously, before 2014 and Apple wasn't quite as bombarded with new podcasts every day. But after two years of being consistent, Apple featured him. His show blew up. And then after a little while, he started charging a membership fee and he lost a bunch of his audience, but he got enough people to pay that when I add up the numbers, I was like, oh, I can do that. I have so much content that me just cataloging it is valuable. I mean, still to this day, when I have any clients that I'm working with, either in groups or new people to me, I will go back and reference shows. I, it's almost like a, a book that you're an audio book that keeps going. <laughs> the conversation never stops. I constantly use my show as teaching tools. And I refer back to it all the time. So between the exercise and the cooking, I could do that for the current clients that I was working with and do cooking classes. And so I really just saw it as a valuable way to focus with no intention of making any money for the first two years, just seeing where it was going to go and putting myself out there and allowing myself to speak my mind, do whatever I wanted to do. Some of the more solo shows, some of the more interviews. Yeah. So, so that's really kind of how I started. So that is a mind-blowing amount of content to be putting out shows six days a week. Did you have a team from the beginning? I had a team to do the video. So I had a couple and they were filming the videos and they would edit the videos. And I would only need to work with them once every couple of months because I could shoot 16 to 20 videos in a day. And that would give me enough content for a couple of months. When it came to the audio stuff, I did hire a coach. This is funny. I hired a coach in the beginning to help me with the podcast. It was someone that I knew from growing up and she had moved also to California from Pennsylvania and she had a really decent Twitter following. <laughs> so I paid her because I knew her and I trusted her and I thought, well, she can grow a Twitter. And I asked her, do you know about podcasting? And she's like, yes. And Twitter and podcasting is a great combination and, and no disrespect to her, but she didn't have a podcast. And so I paid somebody who didn't have a podcast to teach me about podcasting. So looking back, it was kind of silly. So she did kind of help me structure some things, but you know, knowing what I know now, I would have done it very differently. And I would and I, I actually coach people in podcasting. So I know, you know, now I have all this knowledge of what not to do. And uh, I did not hire out for the editing, I edited myself, I learned how to edit myself. Now where I am now, because I have other shows. And there's a reason that I still edit a lot of my own content. It's because of how personal my show is, how deep my show is, how confronting, <laughs> and what a catalyst my show can be for people. So I'm very when I'm in the moment and I'm either doing a solo show or being interviewed or I'm interviewing somebody else, sometimes things come out in the moment that I then go, mm, my, I don't think it's going to be 
I don't think it's going to land in the right way. <laughs> Let me take that out. Or maybe I shouldn't have said that. Or I mentioned the person's name by accident or my ex-husband's name, right? So I was very careful to, and I still am, to listen for what I think people will hear and if it's the right message, the right energy. Uh, but I, I didn't really have, uh, minus the, the the video people. And then I had a web designer. So I've, I've been working with Josh Schuyler at Every Angle Media for, I mean, 17 years. And he had done all the website stuff. And that was great. I had some designers. I definitely reached out for artwork, for people to help me with artwork and design for the website. And I think that's it for a team, though. So you were really doing a lot of it by yourself. That's pretty impressive because I know that you're also doing speaking engagements. Like you said, you have clients. You're you're a very busy woman. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yes. And I'm sort of like that high performer. I can get things done. It's actually a very efficient use of my time to edit my show because while I'm editing it, I'm making the show art. I'm writing the the email to the list. I'm scheduling, you know, I'm rendering the video. I can do it both at the same time. Like it's very efficient. And and actually when you have multiple shows and multiple places where you're putting an episode, the amount of time it would take me to train somebody or tell them how to do it, it makes me focus. And to be quite honest, I like my show. I like my content. The things I talk about are deep and meaningful. The things, in fact, I was just thinking about re-listening to my episode from, it's episode 111 on Spirit, Purpose, and Energy, because I want to go back and start that practice again. So I thought, oh, I should go listen to that again. So again, the episodes to me aren't, it's not fluff. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with fluff or entertainment. That's great. But mine is much deeper. There are tools that can change people's lives. And I've gotten that feedback. People that have listened to the show for years and written to me and I've never met them. They've never paid me. They've never been to a live event. And they're like, oh my God, your show has changed my life. And so, you know, it's stuff that they revisit and you listen to it over and over again. I love it when people are self-empowered to edit and really get into the meat of their own show. I think that that's such a cool relationship to have not only with your show and your brand, but with yourself, because it's so intimate to listen back to yourself. I think that's why so many people are like uncomfortable. They're like, oh my God, I hate how I sound on recording is because of just how intimate it really is. Well, to me, that's why it's successful. It's because I'm not handing it off to somebody else. And there's no disrespect. I will eventually have to, (laughs) I think. I think at some point there will be a breaking point where I will have to train somebody within my own community who knows my voice, who knows me intimately and would be able to listen with my ears. I'm not ready for that yet. I don't need that yet. But at one point, I do believe that it's because of the amount of time, love, and attention that I put into my episodes that the reason why, so to continue the story of how this sort of came to be in 2016 when I got that intuitive hit. Now, I had been working with a coach kind of, and and I'd heard that person say, stay the course, stay the course until it's successful. Like, don't change, don't drop it, keep going. And it wasn't that I was going to change course. It was that I wanted to redefine. And in my, I have a lot of knowledge in different areas and I'm very specific with that knowledge. And I was looking at fit to love and it was the wrong umbrella. I was like, well, people don't know that I'm talking about astrology (laughs) under fit to love or that under movement Mondays, I'm an expert in biomechanics or that under freedom Fridays that they know it's law of attraction. So I thought I'm missing an opportunity of these key words to be found. So that is when I just decided rather than I wasn't changing directions, I just decided to take the six days a week and make six different shows. And actually didn't quite make six. I started with four and I took four and it was really the branding. It was the packaging, the episodes. Originally, when I launched, I thought, well, I'm going to just take the all of the shows from Freedom Friday. And I did it in the order of business. I thought, you know what? I don't have anything to offer anybody. I'm not selling anything. I have nothing. I have no freebies, no landing pages. I have nothing built in for all this stuff I talk about on 
Freedom Fridays. So let me start with that one because it's the easiest. And I'm just going to take all the episodes and repurpose them, which I think at the time was maybe 13, 13 or 15 episodes. So I did the new music. I you know, did the intro and outro. I did the new graphic. And then in, in October, I put it up there. I was like, okay, here it is. Spirit, purpose, energy, go fly and like be free. And, and then I was going to move on to the next one, which was going to be Sexy Saturdays, which became Women, Men, and Relationships. And I think I launched that one two months later in December. But the funny thing that happened was the minute I put out Spirit, Purpose, and Energy, and it already had 15 episodes, I started getting emails. Hey, I love this. This is amazing. What's next? Would you have more? You know, this is changing my life. What else do you have? (laughs) And I thought, what? Okay. So then the best thing about podcasting and the best thing about being in business like I am now is that it's not about me telling you what you need. I mean, there's part of that. But it's really listening to my audience and addressing what they think they need and what they're willing to buy and what they want to do and finding that sweet spot. So I let my audience tell me what they wanted. And I created a freebie, invited people to to join this 30-day manifestation challenge, and that show blew up. And so then I started creating products and programs, and, and now Spirit, Purpose, and Energy is my most popular show by far. I'm sure I'm, I'm close to about 3 million downloads right now. Congrats. That's awesome. And so we talked a little bit about your intimate relationship with the shows at large, but in particular for Spirit, Purpose, and Energy which was also nominated for a People's Choice Award and is in the top 0.5% of all podcasts on Listen Notes. What else do you think has contributed to that level of success for you? Well, because I teach a lot of attraction and the truth was that's what I wanted to talk about. I started the show to give people what they wanted and I sandwiched in there what I wanted. So it was really about honoring my passion, my sharing what's going on for me, being real, being authentic. And because I am a catalyst, because I have a lot of Sag, I can be extremely blunt but with love, but it's also the passion that I have. I think I'm not afraid of definitely not afraid of criticism anymore uh, because I've busted through all of that in the beginning, you know, in the beginning of putting these shows out there. I mean, when I was married, my ex-husband and I would definitely have conversations or fights about certain things that he didn't think I should say, because he said, you're not qualified to say that. And I said, what, what do I need to be qualified for? I understand this concept. I've learned this, this work and I see it every day. I've been talking about it for my whole life. And then I put it out there and I would get a great response and I would be helping people. I'd be changing lives, me not being afraid of putting it out there and then doing it. And then even when, even in the face of people that don't, that get triggered by me, see, I teach emotional processing. So I understood that I might be triggered. I might feel bad when someone has a criticism, but I also 100% recognize it isn't about me. Because I don't know them. If I say something that, that pisses somebody else on the show, if they're upset by what I've said, I don't know them. <laughs> I've never met them. It's not personal. So I recognize that the trigger in them, I'm just the mirror. So understanding that keeps me really focused and kind. Uh, yeah, I think that for me, the success is my intention, my heart, my authenticity, my willingness to grow. Every time I have a live event, which is usually every year, but I took this year off, I will ask everybody, and they're all for my audience, raise your hands if in the last year you've seen me grow and all hands go up. I do not teach anything I do not do or practice or haven't done before. So I think that keeps me to them real. I'm not just a a figure who (laughs) has it all together. I'm a human being and anyone that tells you that they have it all together is lying to you. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I know for my clients that the fear of those early negative reviews is sometimes enough to stop them. So I I really find that information from my guests to be super 
impactful on just really bringing up seeing that it's their pain point, not yours is huge. Well, it's definitely a growing opportunity for you. And you have to ask yourself, what's bigger, your passion and purpose or your fear? And if it's in the fear is going to win, you're never going to get it done. No, 100%. So podcasting has obviously changed significantly, even like in the last two years since the pandemic, but particularly in the last nine years since you started. If you were starting over from scratch today, what would you do differently? I would have hired somebody who has a podcast. And I would have hired somebody who has a podcast that has an audience that buys from them. Some people can monetize from their guests, from the guest seat. Some people get sponsorships if they get to a certain level and they have enough downloads. But I have always been interested in building a community. And there are people that have a lot of downloads, but they've got crickets when it comes to offers. Nobody buys anything. Nobody communicates. Nobody's reaching out. And when I was going through my time, I realized that, I mean, I had some podcaster friends who had double the downloads I did, but they couldn't put a room of 20 people together. So it's the engagement piece. So I would have looked for somebody who could have, who could have taught me faster. Although honestly, this was all part of, I wouldn't change it because the only thing I, I would have known, would have done differently would have been the file sizes. So I was putting the audio and video on the same podcast. And that's a lot of data for somebody's phone or device. And they're not going to watch the video on the same platform that they hear the podcast. And that I did not understand. So the technical side of that would have been helpful to realize. I mean, I did finally put out video podcasts and repurpose those videos, but I was literally putting video and audio on the same audio platform. And I didn't understand that. So someone who had a podcast would have been the first start (laughs) versus someone that didn't. That makes a lot of sense. And that's actually something that if listeners want to go back and listen to the first three episodes, I talk about the different models of podcasting, whether that's funneling into your offer, becoming your own brand, just having fun. Because I see time and time again that not having a vision for what you want to get out of your show is where people get into the weeds. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you don't understand what you want out of it, you don't know how to structure it. All right. So what advice would you have for someone who is kind of in that place where they're like, I know I want to start a show, but something is holding them back? How would you encourage them to actually pull the trigger on getting started? Depends on what's in their way. I actually had a a podcast mastermind with my partner, Doug Sandler, who owns Turnkey Podcast Productions. And while he is a coach, he is a coach in a very specific way. He does not focus on building a community versus I did. And so we've monetized in all different ways. And we had some clients and I thought, let's do a mastermind. So we had a podcast mastermind. And what I realized at the end of the year, or maybe it was like a year and a half, I realized that I don't want to coach podcasters that aren't aware that what stops them is them. And I do deep emotional work in my regular podcasts. So when it came to the mastermind, I realized they didn't sign up for me to coach them emo- like personally even though they kind of understood a little bit about what I did and they did, you know, listen to some of the podcast episodes that I would share. But ultimately, if you're starting this journey as a podcast, a podcast is somehow an extension of you in some way. It is a business and all businesses will challenge you. And sometimes it's going to be the trick, the funnel, the headline, the subject matter, the offer. But most of the time, it's you. Most of the time, it's your upper limits. Most of the time, it's your negative beliefs. It's your core wounds. So if you're not willing to address those or work on them as you grow, as you get stuck at the next plateau, you know, then figure out who you can model or get some extra help with that. Because I would say this is a journey that if you're, if it's not something you'd be willing to do for free, forget that you need any money, forget that you need to pay your bills. Imagine everything's paid. What would you talk about? What would you come to the table with? What would you help people with for fun? 
if it's not part of like who you are or your zone of genius or you being passionate and it's just about business, it will probably fade if it's not successful. So just know going in what you bring to the table and and just like having a child or getting married and definitely starting a business, it will challenge you. It will grow you. So be ready for the ride if you want this to last. It's such a long game. You know, you talk about how when you finally switched over from the Free Friday into uh, actually having that be its own show with Spirit, Purpose and Energy, how having those 15 episodes banked already gave people so much content that I feel like like people who are starting off with just, you know, one, two, three, four episodes... Yeah, it takes so much longer to grow because people do want to build that relationship with you. Yes, yes, definitely. And, you know, the podcasting community is a great community too. So if you get involved, like get involved, go to, you know, a group event, go to a meetup, create a meetup, uh, meet other podcasters. I really enjoy podcasters because we all like, we all have our own shows. And so when we're talking to each other, we're not pitching each other, you know, products and, and services necessarily. We're really just having conversations. And most of us like to talk and think and share and create. And that's a creative energy that when you're around it and more and more people are doing it, it's just super fun. That's honestly my favorite part of what I do because I get to hear and engage in so many different creative processes. There are so many different ways to make a podcast and I don't believe that there is a right or a wrong way to do it. It's just finding the systems that are going to work for you and your show. Right. I have a client right now who's starting a podcast. Every time she we have a session, she'll say, can I? And then she'll say, no, I know I can. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> because I've always said, you can do whatever you want. It's your show. And it's it's about testing. There's no cookie cutter way to do it because there's the combination of you, your message, your brand, your guest or you, your reach. There's no cookie cutter. It's really, to me, you base it around who you are, your zone of genius, your passion, your purpose, and your business, and then your goals. And all you can do is test. All you can do is have an offer and see if it works. Invite them to a freebie and see if they get it. Invite them to a Facebook group and see if they come. You there is, and then you test one thing. And go okay, that worked or it didn't work. And honestly, I repackaged the show. So you had asked me before we started recording. Some of the some of the podcasts have the same episodes, and the reason was because it was about just the brand. And it's been so interesting to see how like men will come to women, men and relationships because of the cover. It's black. It's a shadow of a couple. It's you know the writing is in red and white. It's not extremely feminine. It's a little bit more neutral, you know, versus spirit, purpose, and energy is more feminine. So I get more women that download that show. And so the, the way they come in is different, but they all usually end up in the same place. And that's such a lesson too, right? Doing that like on the ground market research and kind of course correcting or pivoting when you thought something was going to perform a certain way with your audience, but it's actually something else that's resonating with them. It's been... Very interesting. I my the the last show that I published that would still include the current episode of the week is called Health and Wealth, and that did have a, a different business plan. And I got sponsors for that show before I ever launched that show, uh, but I didn't really want to keep up with that format, and so I just sort of blended it into the other shows. And it's been funny because in my membership, I had somebody join a couple months ago, and I always ask on a group call, like, "Where did you come in from? Like, how did you find me?" And that person said health and wealth. Now that has the lowest, <laughs> the lowest downloads of all my shows. And I'm like, what? So to get a paid person, like a little closer through like the low. So you think, oh, it's not doing that well. Should I get rid of it? No, no, never get rid of it. Especially if, I mean, I don't know what publisher or host that you use. I use Lipson, love Lipson, shout out to Lipson. And you know, $5 a month. 
if you're going to start stop publishing your show, keep it up for a while and let's see what happens. It's only going to cost you $5 a month for them to host your content that someone else could find a little bit later. I think, it, again, to me, podcasting is the best advertising tool ever. It's so valuable. Ads don't build relationships. Podcasts build relationships. Yeah. And I mean, that's a huge part of why I started listening to podcasts. I was driving a ton for work and I was really isolated, just me in my car driving to appointments. And it filled that parasocial relationship for me. And I got to have those conversations, even if they're one-sided, that got me using my brain and thinking in a new way. Totally. Yeah. I think, I mean, for you, you started out listening to podcasts and that's one thing I didn't do. I wasn't a podcast listener before I became a podcaster. So I think that understanding, I mean, it didn't hurt me, except in that initial, I mean, I probably spent more money than I needed to because I bought the the biggest hosting package you could because of stupid file sizes of all the videos. And I didn't, I didn't understand that piece. So I probably spent a little bit more money than I needed to, but I didn't understand that as a user. And now I know that a lot better. Well, is there anything else that you want to share with aspiring or new podcasters? Before you do this, I mean, you you'd mentioned like the long game. This is a long game. This is not a short game. But also every step that you take is strategic. It shouldn't be random. And I would say put some thought into how you how you post, when you post, why you post, what order things are going in and why. And, you know, considering doing both, depending on your topic, of course, solo shows versus group panels versus interviews, like you could do all kinds of things, but just be intentional about it and do it with like a perspective of testing, testing something. And then just know that you want to get to the year mark. Don't quit before a year. If you can't stick it through it for at least a year, a year of consistent posting, a year of having at least episode every other week. I think once a month is too little. If you can't do every week, start with twice a month. And if you can't keep that up for a year, then wait, wait until you're so passionate about what you're going to talk about that you can commit to that. And again, you can record them all up front and then, you know, space them out over the year, but because it, your show needs time. There are more shows being published every day right now than when I hit, when I started and I started at a really high time too. So it's not that your show is going to get lost because most people don't start and stay. That's the other thing. There's pod fade all over the place. People start a show and they have six episodes and they put it down, they walk away because they think it's a quick fix. Podcasting is not a quick fix. It is a relationship builder that will take some time. And I just say, be clear about your commitment before you get started. So you can at least give it a year. I'm going to say go even two years before you give up on it, but have a strategy and be clear about your, where your passion lies. See, that's why I always ask that question because I feel like there's always just another little nugget. That's such good advice about that year mark. I really do feel like that's where people see change happen in their listenership, in their engagement with their audience. So yeah, I think that's really, really powerful to wrap up on. So obviously, information about you will all be in the show notes. People can find you at jjflizanes.com. And all of your podcasts are available on the major podcasting networks. Is there anything that I'm forgetting to plug for you? <laughs> no, I think that's, I think that's perfect. It's the Empowering Minds Network, which also it's um, empoweringmindsnetwork.com will take you to all the shows as well. And uh, no, I, that's great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here today, JJ. It was great to, to hear some more insight from a seasoned podcaster. Thanks for the opportunity, Rue. That's all for today. Next week, I will be back to talk about how to take a break without your audience knowing.
which is super important as we approach the holiday season. In the meantime, you can find me on Instagram at Sonivia Studios, where I keep the conversation rolling. While you're here, leave me a five-star rating or a review, because just like your show, mine needs those to grow, and share this with a podcaster who you think it would inspire. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for helping me take podcasting up an octave.